0: It's so good to see all of you today, and it's so good to see Pastor Bobby here with us today as well.
1: Why don't you all please stand with us? We're going to sing some songs this morning. Come on, church. let get our hands together. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight, I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond.
0: Ton of pain, and it's been amazing to me, uh, just the prayers and concern of the church, and how many other people are going through similar things or have gone through similar things. Um, but when you have a, a kind of pain that just is that severe, and doesn't go away, uh, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about God, and uh, I've had to trust in God through this. You know, I think about, uh, you know how. God is with us always in all circumstances, in all situations and maybe you have some pain or something in your life that's causing you harm or or is difficult I just want to encourage you this morning to trust in God He is faithful Uh, sometimes as Jesus said, you know, can this cup pass? And He said, no, you, you gotta drink this cup, you know, and sometimes we just have that cross that we have to bear Paul had a Apostle Paul had a thorn in his side, and he, he asked God to take it. And he said, you know, my grace is sufficient. And so I just want to, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I just pray this morning for your church. God, that you would give us your strength, your healing, Lord. Lord, I just pray for that one that's here today, God, that they're, they're in pain and they're struggling. Maybe there's one watching online right now, and they can't be here today because of that. God, may you sustain them. May your grace be sufficient. May you provide the healing, God, as the great physician. And Lord, through your spirit, lift us up. God, we know that we are in your hands. And Lord, we don't always understand. And God, we come to you with why. But Lord, help us to have faith. And help us to trust in God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. Church, I just want to say right now. Keep singing. I saw. Seek the Lord. Knock. He will open the door. And heard any That's why. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I saw the Lord. my Savior, the one who will never fail, he will never fail. Amen, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. of Jesus and praise what a powerful name he is hey turn to your neighbor and say hi this morning before you sit down
2: Florida morning, right? Amen. It's a freezing. We're so glad you're here. My name is Judy Trivium. I'm the women's minister here at Anastasia, and we are so thankful for each one of you. If you have not connected with us, we have a couple ways you can do that. You can go out into the atrium to the welcome desk, and we have something there just for you, a welcome gift. And If you've been coming a while, we'd still love to hear from you, so welcome desk. But also, we have a digital platform set up, and that digital platform, you can text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. You see it on the screen. Also, you can take your smartphone and put your camera up to that, and a digital drop-down bulletin will be right there for you. So if you have your paper bulletin, I'm going to just share a few announcements, kind of highlight some for you this morning that going on in the church, you just saw a video uh, that will be this Thursday, the King's Brass concert will be in the sanctuary across the hall at 6 o'clock p.m. So you don't want to miss that. Also, on Sunday night, we have a congregational meeting coming up next week at 4 o'clock, and that will be right here in the Christian Life Center. Now, that will be just a time that we're going to talk about the um, generations to come, the 4G campaign, and some investment interests that you might be interested in. So, I encourage all of you to take a note and check that out in your bulletin. Also, goodness, February the 3rd is our men. Guys, this is for you. You can go out in the atrium and get you a ticket and sign up for this. This will be on February the 3rd at 9.30 a.m. I'm hearing games, giveaways, a great speaker, and, of course, barbecue, right? It's for all you guys. So, to take a minute. Go out and sign up for that. Or you can sign up for that also online. And then on February fourth, on Sunday, we have a what we call a discovery class, and what that is, if you've been coming to the church and you want to know a little more about, you know, the life's going on in the church, what you know, what's going on with us, we would love to share that with you, so you can come and sign up there as well for that. And then just one more thing, just to kind of give you a heads up right now, um, Mar- in March, the first week of March weekend is Impact Youth. So if you have a student, um, I just encourage you to keep looking for that and sign them up for that. That will be on March the 1st through the 3rd. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful, wonderful, warm week I'm hearing. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Judy. Uh, Good morning, church, again. As you can tell, I am not a fan of the cold. I am bundled up. I have another jacket in the back. I'm not built for this type of weather. My name is Nate Vance, and I am the college and adult minister here at Anastasia Church, and I just want to share a few things with you. We had a beautiful kickoff this past Wednesday with hundreds of of kids and youth and and adults, and it was just beautiful, and that is all because of y'all's generosity, Y'all's giving to the church in both time and resources. So we just want to thank you for that. And we're just a few ways that you can give is you can, um, there's a QR code also for giving. You can scan that. You can go to the website as well. You can go to give on our digital gift card. And then there's offering boxes, both in the CLC and in the atrium for you to give. Uh, So we just, again, thank you so much for your generosity. And it's only through that and through y'all that we can make an impact for generations to come. And so would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord, and we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the ability to gather together in this place to worship you. Uh, Father God, we, just, we pray over the, the giving of, of our congregation, of both their time and resources. God, that we don't do it out of obligation, Lord, but we do it out of adoration for you. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. Be with Sam as he gives a message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
4: Good morning, there we are. How we doing? Everybody excited to be in the house, Lord? And you glad it's, uh, it's warm in here, right? Amen? Grateful for that. Hey, welcome again. We're, uh, we're continuing our series in Titus. In just in a few minutes, we're going to be turning to Titus chapter 1. We're going to be finishing that chapter. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading there in just a few minutes. You can make your way there. But I, I want to start with just a little bit of survey of our congregation. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say three different phrases And I want you to raise the hand to the phrase that best describes you, not the phrase that you would like to describe you, the phrase that best describes you now, okay? Everybody with me? Okay, so here's the first one. If your definition of on time is arriving 20 minutes early, raise your hand. All right, your definition of being on time is coming 20 minutes early to where you have to be. Okay, all right, good deal. Uh, All right, next one, you ready? Everybody got this? Okay, your definition of on time is arriving exactly when something starts. If the meeting is at 6.30, you are gonna show up at 6.30 sharp with not a minute to spare. Okay, good deal. All right, so the rest of us. (laughs) It's okay, you're in the house of God, you're loved, right? This is no judgment zone. If your definition of being on time is showing up 15 to 30 minutes late, raise your hand. A few of you. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your honesty. Good. I love it. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Now, how many of you live in a household where your definition of on time with your spouse's definition of on time or someone else in your household's definition of on time differs? Raise your hand. Oh my goodness, look at that. Isn't that awesome? Now, if it differs, and you've had to have a conversation with that person in your house, that your definition of on time and my definition of on time is different, how did it go? It went great, right? Not so much, right? Sometimes in life, we have to have difficult conversations when our thoughts, when our opinions, when our understanding of truth differs. In Titus, we were picking up today, Paul is writing to Titus. Remember, Paul encouraged Titus, he was mentoring him, discipling him. He was a young pastor on the island of Crete. And Paul is encouraging Titus to go to the house churches in Crete and talk to them because their definition of what it meant to follow Christ. And to live out and to pursue godliness and to embrace biblical truth was different than what Paul and Titus had received from the Lord. And so it was this difficult conversation that they had to go to then the churches in Crete, to the leaders in Crete, and confront them that their understanding was wrong. It was a difficult conversation. But here's the challenge Because so many of the Christians there were influenced by the culture of the world, the religious leaders, the over-religious leaders of the time, and so they were being swayed not by biblical truth, but they were being swayed by culture. And we're going to read in our passage that uh, the, uh, even among the Cretes, we're going to look at this in just a little bit. Uh, one of the own Cretans said this. It says this in our scriptures. A prophet of their own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Now imagine your own people saying that about your own people, right? It's not, it's not a good situation. And so they were known for living as the world lived, yet claiming to know God. It was broken. And so Paul and Titus were charged by God to go to the churches in Crete and to remind them that their faith or their lack of faith and their example was hurting the message of the gospel. And so they were charged with going there and turning the the people to faith and having a biblical understanding of what truth was and pursuing godliness, and in the beginning of Titus, we see that Paul says, for the sake of the faith, going to the brothers and sisters, for the sake of our testimony, for the sake of reaching the lost with the message of Christ, change the way that you live and your example to the world around us. So I, I want us to focus in on this passage, but I would say Paul's encouragement to Titus, and if you're taking notes, these are the first things before we get to our passage. The first four things that Paul really encourages Titus to do is establish elders and godly leaders, right? This was the charge. Establish elders and godly leaders, encourage the church to pursue godliness, embrace biblical truth, correct those who are false teachers. That was the charge that Paul gave to Titus. Uh, Now, Paul writes again to Titus for the sake of the gospel, to lead the church to embrace the truth of the gospel and to pursue godliness, and so if you have your Bibles, i encourage you to turn to Titus chapter 1. We're going to pick up in verse 10. And if you can this morning, will you please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Titus chapter 1, verse 10. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful game they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith. Not devoting themselves to Jewish myths or uh, commands of people who turn away from the truth to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciousness are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works, and they're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. You may be seated this morning. Challenging word that Paul gives to Titus to deliver to the churches in Crete. Tough word. But see, what the challenge was, that the culture of the people of Crete desired to pursue worldliness over godliness. And Paul steps in and says, your purpose is not to pursue worldliness. Your purpose as a Christ follower, as a child of God, is to pursue godliness. That's what we were made for. That's what we were made to pursue. And the goal for Paul and Titus in the Cretan church is the goal that I think that he has for us is that we we may be found to have a sound faith. A sound faith pursuing biblical truth, embracing it, clinging to it, and in our life looking to pursue godliness. In the message, Paul lists out a few things that the Cretan church was doing that were keeping them from having a sound faith. And so I want to focus this morning, how do we have a sound faith? The first thing you can write down is stay anchored in the truth. first thing we see is that uh, the church in Crete, they were devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of the people and they turned away from the church. In other words, the church in Crete was being swayed every which way by the influence of the world, the people, the culture, the old religious narrative. Uh, many were still living in an old covenant way of thinking and living that was not consistent with the New Testament, that the new covenant that Jesus brought forth. And Paul is telling us, to be sound in faith, you need to be anchored in truth. Why, why do we need to be anchored in truth? Why do we need an anchor in our faith? Because we, like the Cretans, are easily moved from the place that we need to be spiritually, theologically, and how we live in our lifestyle. We are easily moved. We live in a coastal town, so the idea of an anchor should be very, uh, very familiar to us. If you've ever been in the intercoastal, why, why do you need an anchor? Why do you need an anchor? It's to hold you in the place that you are supposed to be. Why do you need an anchor to hold you in the place you're supposed to be? Because there are things like wind, waves, current, tide, other boaters, and, and if we're not careful, the wind and waves, and the tides will push us and take us away from the spot that we are supposed to be, that we are wanting to be. Why do we need a spiritual anchor in our lives? Because the influence of this world, the challenges of this world will move us from the place that God has called us to thrive and to be and to believe and to trust him. And anchor keeps you from moving away from where you want to be. We know, we know that this truth holds us fast to where we need to be. It anchors us. Where is truth? It is here. How do we know how to live, how to think, how to pray? It's right here, it's in God's word. It's through the word of God. I love what Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. How do we respond to God? It's by hearing God. How does God speak a still small whisper? So how do we discern what God is seeking and saying to us? We hear through the word of God. I like to think of scripture as my hearing aid, right? Sometimes I don't hear God well. And I need to hear it more clearly. So how do I do that? I go to the Word of God, and I can hear more clearly what God is trying to say to me. If you're unsure, if you're if you're sure, God, is this what you're saying to me? Go to the Word of God, and it will help you discern what God is saying in your life. The Word of God is like a filter for us. If we have any idea, any thought theologically. That we're not sure about the the word of God filters out that which is worldly and gives us that which is godly. That's the word of God. Anchor yourself in it. Study, understand, pray, and meditate. Saturate yourself in the word of God. Paul says that the church in Crete, they need to anchor themselves in the truth. Church, we need to anchor ourselves in the truth. Why because we can be easily swayed. We can be easily taken away from the word of God and from the life that God has called us to live. You know, Paul wrote a- another letter to Timothy, very similar to Titus, with someone who was close to, who he cared for, who he discipled. and uh, He gave a similar word to Timothy. And, he said that there are going to become those who are deceivers, who are false teachers. And he said you have to be careful because he says this in 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. He says, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. We've got to be careful because there are those who would perceive and, and seem like they are godly, but they deny the power and the authority of the God that we serve. How do you avoid you stay centered in the truth? Second thing that you can write down this morning, live with authenticity. Live with authenticity. He says, Paul wrote this about them. He says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. You know, just like in the Cretan church, in the church today, the world needs to see the truth of the gospel in the lives that we live and how we speak and what we do, how we love, how we share hope. The world needs to see Christ in us. See, for the Cretan church, they were claiming to know God but living a completely opposite lifestyle of Christ followers. I recently read an article uh, that stated why most people who are non-believers, non-Christians, why they don't come to church. And it interviewed a lot of people and asked them, you know, what was your top reason for not going to church? Can I tell you, I was heartbroken to read that one of the top reasons that people don't come to church is because of the example of other Christians that they see in their life. Because of the false way that other Christians live their life, that was their reason for not wanting to be a part of the church. And this is what Paul is telling Titus. he's listen, For the sake of the faith, you gotta center yourself, you gotta live authentically, you gotta live as Christ commanded because you are, in fact, dissuading people from coming to faith in Christ. You know, as I think about the world around us, most non-believers, most people who are outside of the church, to be honest, they're probably not looking to read the Bible to see if it is true. No, I think rather they are looking at us as Christ followers to see if the Bible we believe is true in us. If the faith that we claim is true in us, if we are living differently because of Christ followers. Most people who don't have a relationship with Christ, they're not seeing whether Christ is is real. They're, They're looking to see if we are real in our faith. If the truth that we proclaim are real, if we are truly children of God, if we live differently, if we hope differently, if we love differently because of the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. See, I don't believe that we have a problem with evangelism in the church. I believe that we have a problem with godliness in the church. See, if we pursue godliness the way that God has called us to, our testimony, our lifestyle, the way that we treat people, the way that we live would speak louder. It would speak boldly the name of Jesus, that they are different because of how they live. We need to pursue godliness. We need to pursue him and his life that he has commanded us to live. Church, we need to live authentically, not as fakes. Paul said, for the sake of of the gospel, be genuine, be authentic, live as Christ has commanded you. Jesus said they will know that we are Christians by what? By what? I love how we live. We're authentic in our life. When I was a senior in high school, I took a senior trip to uh, New York City. And for a small-time kid uh, in a small town, uh, it was quite an eye-opening experience for me. And uh, I can remember being uh, in the streets of New York at Chinatown, and one of the things I'd always wanted as a kid was to buy a Rolex. (laughs) And can you believe it? In Chinatown, I bought a Rolex Submariner for $15. The guy told me it was real. (laughs) I wore that watch every day, and I was so excited to show everybody. I got a Rolex Submariner, and if you know anything about Rolex, is that a Submariner is supposed to be the watch that you could take diving to deep depths, and it would still keep working and ticking. And I took that uh, Rolex that I had, and I forgot to take it off one time, and I wore it in the shower one time. <laughs> it looked like a snow globe. <laughs> Water had gotten on the inside, and all the paint wore off, and you could shake it, and there was like little snowflakes falling everywhere. I thought it was real. (laughs) But when I put it to the test, I realized it was fake. (laughs) Christ followers, sometimes as the world looks at us, they're looking to see when our faith is put to the test. When things are not going the way that we wanted to or expected to or looked for, and they're looking to see if we still have the hope that we claim in Jesus. Be authentic for the sake of the faith. Everything that we have in Christ Jesus is real and more. Let's proclaim it in the life that we live. Let's be different. Hebrews 13 verse seven says that remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. My prayer as a Christ follower is that the way that I would live would make others to consider the outcome of their way of life. He's got something different than what I have. The way that he moves under the power of God's influence is different. I want what they had. Can I tell you, a a part of my testimony, a part of me coming to faith in Christ, It didn't happen at a church service. It didn't happen to listen to a sermon preached. It didn't happen when a worship band was playing. It didn't even happen with somebody uh, coming up to me and sharing the plan of salvation. No, how I came to faith is watching other Christians serve and seeing that they had something that I didn't have in my life. They had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Based off seeing how they lived, I knew that I wanted what they had in their life, and I pursued and began to ask questions of what it means to walk in a relationship with Jesus. It was by the example and testimony and the lifestyle of other Christians. How important is it for us to live as Christ has called us? Because we don't know when how we are living when our testimony, when our lifestyle might speak the gospel to those around us. Third thing you can write down, because I'm running out of time here. here, is real briefly, if we want to sound faith, we need to stand for integrity. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but Paul gives a very tough word here. He says, for those who are, are, are preaching and giving false testimony to what I have taught you and what I've gone to you with in the truth of the word of God, he says, therefore, rebuke them sharply. It's not an easy word. It's a tough word. And the reason why he is so strong in his language is because they are hurting the gospel. He says, you need to go to them and you need to have a conversation. But can I, can I tell you, some of us would have no problem rebuking sharply, Right? Some of you are type A, you're like, yeah, I love it. Let let me do it. <laughs> but can I, can I tell you the goal is not that you would rebuke them sharply, that they would be cut off, that they would be put down, that they would be uh, cast out. And, and I think as you go through Timothy, there are some strict instructions when, when you go to a person and they are not then continually teach falsely. There's some strict things, but the goal is not that they would be cut off, to be put down. And how do we know this? It says it right here in the Word. It says, therefore, rebuke them sharply, comma, and here's the goal, that they may be sound in faith. Amen. See, th- see, the goal is discipleship to take them and, 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 and their teaching that is false and walk alongside of them, to love them, to not give up them, because we want all to have a strong faith in Jesus. See, look, the language is strong here, but the love tied to it is even stronger. How we love people And how we lead them to a place of knowing the fullness of truth. That's the goal. Uh, Rebuke, but the heart is that they would have sound faith. Fourth thing that you can write down. How do we have a sound faith? Embrace God's calling. Paul writes to Titus, he says, speaking of the Cretan church, they are detestable, they are disobedient, they are unfit for any. Good work. I'm sure as as Paul wrote that, it absolutely broke his heart. Because of their disobedience, because of their unfaithfulness, they were not fit for any good work. Now, church, take a minute to think about is God's work good? Come on. Is God's work good that He has called us to? Is the work of his kingdom, is it good? Do we know that God is good? His plan is perfect, amen? Everything about what God wants to do in and through us is good. He wants to use us for his work. Not that we can do it only through his power, but he wants to use us to draw people unto his kingdom so that they would be saved, saving people from eternity without him. Saving people from depression, saving people from addiction, saving people from, uh, saving marriages, saving people who wrestle with suicide, that's the work. That's the good things that God is calling us to do. And we consider how good, how perfect, how awesome the work of God. We should do whatever we can to leverage our lives to say, God, I want to be a part of what you are doing. I want to be a part of your kingdom but yet many in the church, because of how they live and their disobedience to the call of God are, are, are unfit for the work that God has called them to. You know, my my prayer for me, my prayer for us, my prayer for this church, is that when God looks at us, he would say the complete opposite what Paul said of the church in Crete, that we are pleasing in his sight, that we are obedient to however he calls and that we are ready for any good work. I'm praying that God looks upon us and and he says they are fit for any good work that I desire to use them for. Because we are a people of sound faith, embracing biblical truth, walking in obedience and pursuing godliness. You know, I think about the opportunity for us that we have to be a part of the good work that God is doing. It is an incredible opportunity. For the church in Crete, you know, for some of those who missed out on an opportunity to be used by God because of their disobedience and for us in our life, when we miss opportunities to be faithful, I don't think that we just miss an opportunity of the week when we are not in a place to be used by God and we don't answer the call. I don't think that we just miss an opportunity for a year, for a decade, for our life. I think when we don't answer the call and walk in obedience to the good work that God has for us, I believe that we miss an opportunity of our existence. Because I believe that there is nothing greater that I could do in all of my years, in all of my days, in all of my time, in all of my eternity, in all of my existence, other than to serve Jesus as my Lord and Savior. There's nothing better. There's nothing greater. Everything is about him and his glory. And if there's ever an opportunity that I can say, God, use me. I could quote Isaiah, here am I, God, use me. I think that that's the greatest opportunity that I could have of all of my existence is to be used by God. So my question to you, church, this morning, are you ready for any good work? Are you ready To be a part of what the Lord is doing. Are you ready and saying, Lord, if you want me to do anything, any good work, I want to be fit, use me. Come on, church, is that you this morning? Can we declare this morning, God, we are fit for any good work that you want to use us for. Come on, church, let's say, God, we're here for you. We want to be used by you for your glory, for your kingdom. I don't want you just to say that now. I want you to declare it to God today. So church, let's stand right now where you're at. Come on, let's declare that to the living God of the universe, he wants to use us for his work and for his kingdom. Will you say yes today, wherever, whenever, God, if you call on me, I'm gonna be obedient. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we love you. How awesome you are, Lord Jesus. How worthy of all of our worship, of all of our praise. God, there can be nothing greater but to serve you. So God, as I praise you, look down on your church that there would be person after person this morning. Say, God, use me. I want to be fit for any good work that you have. Use me for your glory. God, may this morning be a moment of surrender for us in our lives. Trust in you. Lord Jesus, if there's someone here today that God has not trusted you as Lord and Savior, may today be the day that they put their faith and trust in you. There's no better decision. There's no better opportunity that we have in our life but to trust you as Lord and Savior. So Lord, if there's someone here, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't leave this place without coming forward this morning. And talking to a counselor or talking to the person next to him. Father, I pray that, Lord, you would move among your people, stir our affections, stir our hearts for you. So, Lord, I pray that, Lord, even in this moment, God, as this altar is open, Lord, maybe, God, for us to declare, Lord, just in a walk of obedience, would be coming before you this morning at this altar and just saying, God, use me. And so God, we open up this time, Lord, for you to work in only a way that you can work. And we pray this all in the holy, mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Church, come on, this altar's open for you, man. I pray this morning, my prayer this week was that this church would be filled with people who are saying, God, use me for any good work. So you come this morning, you come as the Lord leads and, and you surrender unto King Jesus. You come this morning. All
5: things have passed. Away. be.
0: singing and hearing God's word what a great word, thank you Pastor Sam as you go from this place keep loving Jesus in all that you do that you say, in your work, in your play love Jesus have a blessed Sunday, we'll see you next time